0: Welcome to the Just Go Bike Podcast. This is Andrea Parrott, and we have lots of good stuff for you today. And we'll get right into it with Mark and TJ talking about the Iowa Bike Expo and the release of this year's Ragbri route. And later on in the show, Kyle Munson talks with Porkchop Jr. about his family's ties to Ragbri and carrying on his dad's legacy.
1: I'm TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbri, and I'm Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition.
2: So, this is a pretty big week in the bicycle world in Iowa. Um, just great activity over the weekend. We obviously put out the RAGBRAI 45 route. Uh, had what, about, what was it, about 1,200 people? 1,200 people. Um, yeah, it was a big, big event. And we did it back in the, the nice ballroom at the Iowa Event Center. And the neat thing about the event is it's a big fundraiser for the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And yeah. And it's yeah. been uh, really good for you guys, hasn't it, Mark? Yeah,
1: we really depend upon this in order to do our other advocacy work. You know, it gets us a lot of fans and supporters and things like that. But most of all, it generates some some fundraising. We have a big silent auction. And uh, people uh, people are really generous during that. And, and that's, that's really important. Oh, well, good. And... Um,
2: not only is it good for for bicycling and advocacy it's it's a fun night and uh it's amazing how many people rode their bikes into downtown yeah. i mean i think we had weather that was oh maybe late spring weather in yeah. in the middle or late january so it's really nice when we get weather like that and people can get out and bike uh bike into downtown and just have a great time and, and get back safe
1: yeah 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 if you can tell by my voice i'm still recovering you know it's <laughs> it's uh it was a good time. Well, we had how many people, too, at the Iowa Bike Expo? Probably the largest Iowa Bike Expo I can recall. Yeah, that was sold out. We're going to have to look at bigger space next year. So, uh it uh i think we had six seven thousand people that showed up and that's awesome. you know, the weather didn't hurt and in january to have something something that you could bike to uh the event center staff came up to me afterwards and said we're gonna have to uh we're gonna have to invest in more bike parking for this place so well, good so that's good to hear good to hear we can we can turn out the bikes good to hear
2: and people made it uh, a full weekend. I mean, obviously, we had a lot of advocacy workshops, um, you know, I think starting as early as Thursday, and um, great turnouts for those, it looked like.
1: Yeah, it was it was huge. Uh, our uh, Iowa Bicycle Summit, which is our education conference, the content was so spectacular that people were really having a tough time choosing which sessions they wanted to go to. So, you know, and the, the cool part about that event is what we teach at that summit in, in a year or two or three will start to be implemented. So, you know, we're talking about things like uh, separated bike lanes and uh, and green paint on bike lanes and things like that. And so just a little bit down the line, you're going to see that start to be implemented, which is great. Good stuff. And
2: obviously, I think the crescendo builds to Saturday night where we actually unveil Forty 45's route. It and was the
1: best kept secret, wasn't it? Nobody <laughs> Nobody knew. Everybody asked.
2: There's a lot of guesses, a lot yeah. of theories out there. Yeah. Uh, I know when we tabulate the guess the route contest, mm-hmm. no one got more than f- five or six towns. Right, right. The first town, 2017 Ragbri, Orange City, Iowa. Obviously, it's the northern route, mm-hmm. and we we start for the first time, first uh, overnight city, at least for Orange City, mm-hmm. and you know they've hosted as a pass-through town a couple of times. I think they've been a six times as a pass-through town, so they're no stranger to Ragbury.
1: So we'll be a little bit off the river for them, right?
2: Yes, yeah. and uh, but you know what, we're looking at eight great towns, mm-hmm. and you know we're going to start you know somewhere and and. It's not like the Mississippi River that borders right. at the the eastern side of the state. When we're on the western side of the state, mm-hmm. it's not you know the Missouri. Unless you take a look at, at that map, I mean, I think at Sioux City, it kind of veers into
1: yeah. one of the Dakotas. Yeah, so. it's the little Sioux up there, I think, that uh, is the Iowa border. So it's no longer the Missouri. Yep. But uh, yeah, I think Orange City is going to be a great start. And you know
2: they've got uh, just tradition. I mean, you talk about you know I think probably a hundred years of, of tulip. Festival mm-hmm. up there, and just I mean, just tens of thousands of people that that flock to the town. Also, the, the host of or the hometown of Northwestern College, yep. and so just a real cool Dutch village feel. I think people are in for a treat, and I'm mm-hmm. sure. And I and I say that I mean. You know, Dutch treats are fantastic. Right. So right. if you don't taste and, and savor the flavor mm-hmm. of what Orange City is, is offering, you're mm-hmm. missing the boat. So. so with
1: the campus there, there's going to be plenty of, of things for people to do, plenty of places to stay. That could be a really good time. No doubt. Yeah. So they're, you know, they're over 6,000 people. So oh, it's, a, a, it's a good size
2: it's good town. Size yeah. 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 So that's our first overnight. Um, the next one up, we're, we're over in Spencer. Next town. Spencer, Iowa. It's been 10 years since we've been to Spencer. Yeah. Uh, but they're regbrae veterans. We've been there there five times. This will be the fifth time actually. Yeah. Um but one of the most outstanding county fairs in mm-hmm. in, in perhaps the country, in the Clay County Fair. Right. And the fairgrounds there are just absolutely spectacular. I mean Spencer's a great town, great thriving downtown. Um but you know
1: Spencer knows how yeah. to Take care of Ragbrai, right, right. You know, Spencer's one of our key linchpins on uh, on kind of bicycling throughout the state because, you know, there's a big effort to go from the Raccoon River Valley Trail and keep going north, hit Spencer, hit Okaboji, and then and then from Okaboji you can go all the way to Minnesota. So that's a they're working really hard for bicycling, and it's good for them to see that reward and have Ragbrai come and, and maybe generate some excitement for the work that they're doing.
2: Well, that's great. Um, the next town up, Elko. We've been there. I mean, this is the sixth time for Algona. It's been seven years yeah. since we've been there. But uh, last time in two thousand and ten, just some just some really neat things. I mean, Algona is again just a just a great you know Main Street type uh, downtown, mm-hmm. uh, neat restaurants and shops and. Uh, plenty of camping. I mean, the schools do a great job, YMCA. they got a uh, nice Catholic school on the edge of town as well that has hosted RAGBRAI. I mean, they just know how to do it. Uh, I saw my buddy, Dr. Leroy Stroman, over the weekend. Uh, Leroy is a retired dentist. I think he's, I'm going to say Leroy's in his 80s, and he still pedals each and every mile of RAGBRAI. Sure, sure. What a uh, complete inspiration to see Leroy out there each and every day of RAGBRAI. So we get to go to Doctor Stroman's hometown, and he had a big grin on his face when we pulled that card that said Algona. So great, great to bring it to the good folks of Algona. Perfect. To, to, did you know that the Des Moines Register was kind of has a little history in Algona? No, no. Yeah. What's that? Well, I think kind of in the early days there was kind of how it was was founded. There's some there's some roots that were in Algona. I'll have to I'll have to ask Kyle Munson to dig into that, and I'm I'm sure we're going to hear a little bit more about how the newspaper was founded. But there's some I some uh, Algona, Iowa ties in there, so sounds we'll get like, the
1: scoop. Sounds like they could have a newspaper theme there.
2: <laughs> it could well, you yeah. never know. Yeah. Oh boy, town on Tuesday is getting people excited. <sighs> Clear Lake, Iowa. You know, this is the fourth time they hosted. It. It's been seven years. Uh, I think one of the more memorable s- stops on Ragbri was when Clear Lake hosted a pass-through town. You know, just just uh, I think it was 2014 mm-hmm. on the way to Mason City, right? Right. And at that was a time I think we put out a route that was Forest City to Mason City It was 36 miles, mm-hmm. and. There was a lot of trepidation of oh, what are we doing here? Right. But then people got to Clear Lake <laughs> and they jumped in and they went to the surf ballroom and they right. and they had lunch there and then they had a pie and then they had ice cream and then they danced and next thing you know, it's it's the end of the day.
1: It's a it's it's about stopping and that's what Clear Lake is. So Clear Lake's gonna turn it out. That's there's no doubt about it. That's that's a great town.
2: Yeah. And the history of Clear Lake, obviously, with the surf ballroom. And uh, this is about that time of year. You're going to hear a lot about Buddy Holly. And this was right about the time of the, the, the plane crash. It was just over 50 years ago that, mm-hmm. that took out Buddy Holly, uh, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper mm-hmm. that had their last concert at the surf ballroom and and died in a tragic plane right. crash. Right. And so, um, you know, just, just some great musical talent. Um, but one of their big features there is... It's just
1: a beautiful lake, right? Right. It's gorgeous. It's and and it and it kind of dips down. It's in a little crater, I think. So, um, sailing is big on Clear Lake because of the wind. I um, mean, it's one of those only lakes in Iowa that they're really uh, really into sailing on that lake. You know, it's windy up in northern Iowa because they put those wind generators up right, there. Right. Right. And,
2: and I, I I remember hearing stories. Why don't they just turn those things off? They're creating that headwind. <laughs> so, uh, or turn in the other direction. Yeah, but yeah. Um, you know there there's a reason they put those wind turbines up in in northern Iowa, mm-hmm. and that Clear Lake area there's just a just a ton of them around there. So, Clear Lake is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and another great rag bright town,
1: Charles City, <laughs> Iowa. Boy, I remember this fondly because we sat and watched a mechanical bull downtown for an hour, and it they they really did turn it out last time. So. Um, I talked to Ginger. She's really excited. The chamber is going to going to do a great job with this. Yeah, and Ginger Williams is a good friend of ours,
2: and she works uh, tirelessly promoting all the great stuff mm-hmm. to it, to do in Charles City. And one of the neat things that they have that they've developed is the whitewater course.
1: It's going to be.
2: You know anything about that, Mark?
1: You know, I've seen uh, seen a lot of talk about it. I've seen a lot of pictures and people using it. Um, I've heard it's entertaining, even if you don't want to do whitewater. It's fun to watch. Yeah, it's a it's a real spectator friendly thing.
2: I bet there'll be a few people partaking in the the rapids over there.
1: I think that'll be really cool. That'll make that'll 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 be a spot you're gonna remember. I
2: remember Charles City because the the only year I rode the official Ragbri was 2002, mm-hmm. Ragbri 30, and Charles City just just came out and put on a, a dynamite just just mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. and it was. You know, coming off nine eleven, so very, very patriotic, mm-hmm. and I mean, the town was just oh, it's just on fire. Right. I mean, they just did a great, and and each and every year that we go back there, they they just do a great job. So sure, um, they've got some great history there too. I mean, they they have the world's first gasoline tractor that was, um, you know, the Hart Par tractor for you tractor aficionados developed right there in in charles city so they've got some great agriculture history they've got just a just a, a beautiful downtown with a river running through it and the rapids right there so um it's been seven years so time to go back to charles city next up fresco iowa Cresco, Iowa, which is going to be our Thursday stop, it's it's just under four thousand people, right? Um, and their little slice of history is it is the home of Nobel Peace Prize laureate Norman Borlaug. Oh, hey! And if people love eating on Ragbri, they love corn and pork and all that. I think Doctor Borlaug had a little bit to say with uh, food production in our in our great country. Mm-hmm. And um, so we haven't been there in a little bit. Twelve years since oh, we've been at Cresco. Has it been that long? Been, yeah, been yeah, that long. Yeah. It's um, we've got some good friends over there. Tom Barnes runs the the county fair there. The, okay. the um, I think they call it the Mighty Howard Fair or something along that line. Tom will uh, hopefully bring me up to speed on my fair knowledge, but he's also um, very involved in all the fairs throughout the throughout the state. And Tom used to work. With us on the Ragbright crew, just Thomas Sue Barnes, good oh, good yeah, people. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I good know Tom, good people. It's also home of Featherlight. Oh, and Featherlight built our Ragbright trailers, right? And they're just a great company out on the outskirts of town. And look forward to getting to know the people of Cresco, Perfect. Iowa, again. Perfect. Next town up, Wacon.
1: First time overnight walk Iowa. All right, I'm excited about this because. You know, we're going flat, flat, north, flat, and we're going to get into some hills on that day, aren't we? We will definitely
2: get into hills. Yeah. And yeah. it's 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 absolutely gorgeous country around mm-hmm. there. And mm-hmm. so I think people are, you know, if you're looking at your typical farm-to-market road, straight road after straight road, all of a sudden you get to this section, mm-hmm. the the driftless area of mm-hmm. Iowa. And, you know, here you come into a town that I, I have no idea why we've, not been to Wacan in all these years. I mean 45 years, how do we skip them as an yeah, overnight? Yeah. And uh they've been a pass through uh before, you know, back in, in I think it was 1977 it looks like. Um but you know just just a great little small town um that is absolutely excited to host drag Bride. Right, right. So we're in mckee County actually for two nights. Oh. Because we're in Wacan and then we end up in
1: Lansing, <laughs> Iowa
2: Now, I would say Lansing could have been the biggest surprise that we Mm. revealed that night. I mean, they are a town. I mean, we usually say the Mendoza line is 1,500
1: people. Sure. What do we got in Lansing?
2: 999 people. Wow. Okay.
1: Not quite
2: a thousand. Not quite. Just not there. It's kind of like when you go to Disney World and they, they say you go to the Haunted Mansion, they say there's 999 happy ghosts but there's room for one more. (laughs)
1: Right.
2: That's the first thing that comes to mind. I know I I grew up in Florida, so I just kind of, um, I always have that when that number 999, I just think of the haunted mansion, but what a cool community. They host fish days there, which is a a huge festival. I -hmm. mean, celebrating the mighty mess and, I mean, just um, there's going to be great opportunities for right. tire dipping, but just a neat little community, right. very small. Um, the whole community is going to get involved in hosting cool. Ragbri. Cool. And so, cool. so this one I think kind of got people's attention. I mean, we put out the, the mileage, four hundred and eleven okay. miles,
1: Not, which is uh, that's that's doable for uh, for anybody. Third shortest
2: Ragbri oh. in history. Okay. Okay. And third flattest in history. Right. Oh, really? And so, when you add those two up, it is the third easiest.
1: So we before, we have the easy factor. The easy that's, factor. That's the easy rating. Okay. But
2: I, but I want to warn people. Just right. because it's easy doesn't mean you 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 still have to
1: train. Yeah, because they have wind, right? I mean, headwinds, humidity. I'll heat.
2: take hills over headwinds any day.
1: Yeah, because you can coast. I mean, you you only have to pedal fifty percent of that. You can. You pedal up the hill, you coast downhill, but when you're on the flat, it's pedal, 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 pedal. You don't stop. So yeah, no, I'm with you.
2: So even though we're churning out 411 miles, it could be tough. I mean, you got to be prepared. Um, the other thing, you got to get your butt in shape mm-hmm. because if your if your butt's not in the saddle, you know, right. for many hours prior to Rag Bright, mm-hmm. you're not going to enjoy it.
1: Well, and that's the that's the other part about the flat is you don't get up very often. You don't stand up those hills and climb. You're gonna be seated the whole time. So yeah, get a lot of long miles in before you go.
2: But, you know, we usually look at the four H's, you know, mm-hmm. and if you eliminate, you know, there's very minimal hills on the first first mm-hmm. part of the route. You don't know what the humidity is going to be. You don't know what, you know, the heat's going to be. I mean, those are those are things, and, and it could be headwinds. And right. so um, there's still factors out there that can make it a tough, tough rag On mm-hmm. uh, paper, mm-hmm. sounding pretty easy. sure. But, you know, we've got some days. I mean, we're, we're ranging from, you know, I think our longest day, Spencer to Algona, is 73.8 miles. We'll also throw in the Karis Loop Um during that time to make it about a hundred. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the shortest day that we're, we're throwing in is 44.8 miles, which is walk on to Lansing. Yeah. And if you take a look at the typical map, if you look at walk on to Lansing, it looks like it's only 10 miles away.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so we're going to add some bonus miles okay. so that we're going to make it fun. <laughs> but I can tell you this, when people come off that ride, right, they're going to say that was absolutely gorgeous. Good. Good, good. That's what we want. That's really what we and, want. You know, we really do have a beautiful state, mm-hmm. and to introduce people to areas that we haven't been before mm-hmm. on bicycles. Yeah. I mean, there's just some great, great cycling activity going on all throughout the state. But when you can get introduced to just oh, really neat bluffs and cliffs, and and forests, and mm-hmm. and different things like that, obviously, you know, crossing a lot of watersheds and, and rivers. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna have a fun time this summer, right? So uh, you've been to a few of these towns before, Mark. You know a
1: couple of these, but a uh, few of them I haven't spent much time in. So uh, you know, Wacan's going to be interesting. Um, I've been to Spencer a couple of times. That's a beautiful town. Yeah. You know that's 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 going to be outstanding. Orange City, I I remember that well. So uh, yeah, I think we're going to be going to be doing well. When do you start going out to visit these people? And and I mean really, because it's it is now six months and they're going to put on a major event. Oh. So. Yeah, well, you know,
2: I'm sure they're focused on on mm-hmm. tulip time and making sure that the bulbs are in the ground and right. and uh, wooden shoes are all you know ready and all that. So, but we we hit the ground running. I mean, we I think we give them a week to digest that. Oh yeah, we got ragbri, then we're right there. We're Good. meeting with the towns right away and just uh, holding their hand, getting them up and running, bringing them some some manuals, uh, right. coaching them up a little bit to make sure that they're going to be ready and. All these towns, don't worry, they're going to be ready, and uh, we'll get them prepared. Well,
1: and and the towns work together, so you know you can. uh, They have some communication time that they do, and then some meetings that they do all together. So, and you're bringing it together. Forty-five years of experience on how to do this event right. So, I don't think they're going to have much trouble at all. Great. Yeah.
2: Well, good. I'm glad we got to chat uh, a little bit, and Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do want to point out that we're we're you're. Appreciate the generosity of our sponsors. We have three sponsors of the Just Go Bike podcast. We have mm-hmm. Primal, oh, yeah. great company out of Colorado. Got to spend some time at the IBD Summit with their owner and president Dave Edwards um, over the over the last couple of days. So it was good to see Dave, our good friend Dave. And Primal was involved as the sponsor of the jersey
1: contest, weren't they? You know that was a lot of fun. We brought in three different uh, three different jerseys, and uh, Primal came up to the stage and and. Uh, picked the winner by audience audience participation uh the biking bad jersey was the one that won and uh they're going to get 15 free jerseys from primals so you know that's that's going to be a lot of fun good to see andy and jenny out there and having a good time yeah Yeah. Yeah. jenny's going to be able to do rag drive well both of them for the first time and and so they're very excited to come out and see this so yeah Another good sponsor we have is Bikes to You out of Grinnell, and they were pretty involved this weekend as well. Right. Craig uh, put together the Women's Lounge, he said that worked really well, that they, uh, they did nonstop seminars on women for bike fit and mechanics and, and clothing and things like that, and they said it was a really good experience for them. So um, I, think, uh, I think if you're a woman in bicycling and you want to uh, find a place that can take care of your needs, Bikes to You is really one of those places you want to go to. And our last uh, but not
2: least sponsor, we also had the Iowa City Corval Convention and Visitors Bureau. Sure. I know I saw Michael out there with a booth for Grand Gable. looks like Grand Gable is going to happen again.
1: You know, uh, o- October 1st, I think, is, is the date that they've settled. So a little bit further, maybe we can get away from the heat a little bit. Um, but Iowa City Corval is putting their flag in bicycling. And, and uh, whether that's Jingle Cross or Grand Gable or maybe just their awesome trail system, uh, and they're they're doing some single track with Sugar Bottom and Clear Creek trails. It's a place to go ride your bike. It's it's a lot of fun there. Well, good. Well, I'm glad we had a chance to talk about
2: the happenings this week. Um, just to give you a little deadlines or timelines here, we put the overnight towns out. Probably about mid-March, we'll put out the mm-hmm. full uh, towns, all the pass-through towns, probably about 40 of those. So uh, we'll talk about those as well, probably on the Jesco Bike podcast.
1: Right, right, right. I also got a, an event coming up, uh, February 22nd. We're doing a bicycle <laughs> rally at the Capitol. So that's going to be another time between uh, between our next couple podcasts that, you know, that's that's important. You know, we get bicyclists to turn out and talk to their legislators, and, and uh, you know, make sure that they're uh, they're speaking with that bicycling voice. Uh, that's going to be a, a big event, so we're looking forward to that. And
2: I happen to run into a few uh, politicians that that took the day off and came down, yeah. and enjoyed the, yeah. the activities in the, at the Iowa Bike Expo, and the route announcement mm-hmm. party. Saw good, good folks uh, yeah. that 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 just came out and enjoyed right. and it was uh it was good to see them out there and um uh, we'll, we'll keep them nameless and faceless at this time <laughs> but uh i'm sure you're gonna be talking to them quite a bit up, right. up
1: the road you bet you bet all right
2: well i'm glad we had a chance to chat mark and uh i'm, I'm sure this uh, podcast i think we have some other great guests that'll be coming on this week so stay tuned <laughs>
0: Coming up next, Matt sits down with Kyle Munson and explains how the pork chop call became one of the most iconic sounds in Iowa. All right, we'll take a pause while you do the pork chop call.
3: Dear listeners, this is Kyle Munson for the Jisco Bike Podcast. You're about to hear a remarkable story that is perhaps the quirkiest and most heartfelt combination of bicycles and pork. Pork <laughs> What you just heard was the pork chop call of the late Paul Bernhard. The hog farmer from the small Iowa town of Bancroft, near Minnesota, began serving his pork chops to bicyclists on Ragbri, the Register's annual great bicycle ride across Iowa, in 1983. He took it on the road. Before mobile phones, he pioneered the portable pork chop. The bicyclists from around the world would grip with nothing more than a paper towel as they sat along some rural road uh, along Ragbri. In short, Bernhard became a bicyclist icon and built a family legacy of pedal-powered pork. His pork chop call is second only to perhaps the Howard Dean scream as Iowa's most famous soundbite of the last half century. Bernhard passed away in November at age 88, but his legacy lives on. In recent years, his son, Matt, affectionately referred to as Pork Chop Jr., already had taken over the family trade, greeting thousands of people, and giving them thousands of pork shops, especially to bicyclists, and I'm pleased to have Matt share the mic with me today. Thanks for sitting down with Just Go Bike, Matt. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting (laughs) me. So give me your earliest memory of a bicycle, Uh, seeing a bicycle, being on a bicycle. What's your first bicycle memory?
4: (laughs) Uh, That's actually etched in my mind pretty good. I, I had a lot of older siblings, And everything was hand-me-down, and my older sister, Brenda, had a a bigger bike, and it it didn't have training wheels or nothing, so we'd have to prop it up beside something and then get up on the bike and then take off from there, and that's where I learned how to ride a bike. And and, uh, it's very vivid in my mind the first time I rode a bike. (laughs) And then what's your first memory of
3: your dad selling his pork chops to bicyclists, which, you know, people people around the country might not realize this, but I mean, people around the world have come and taken a pork chop, bought a pork chop, purchased a pork chop from your dad. What's your first memory of that?
4: Um, they came through Bancroft in 1982. Uh, before that, we were constantly going around the county promoting pork. So we were cooking all the time on weekends and different events and festivals and stuff so I was uh, I knew what I was doing when they came through Bancroft and dad decided that we would cook pork chops that day and he would use corn cobs so he could keep keep the fire going and uh, I was a junior in high school Uh, we we had just um, won our last game so that we could go to state baseball and we the boys and a bunch you know some farmers and relatives we all stood around the grill all day and back then we flipped each one of them by hand and you know of course the older guys were drinking beer and having fun and I remember people coming up to me don't you dare be drinking beer because they didn't want me to get kicked off the team so I couldn't go to the state tournament so that was it's a pretty vivid memory also. So uh, for people that don't know
3: um Why don't you just talk about how this actually works. I mean, you now uh, have taken, you know, the place of your father in selling these thousands of pork chops to bicyclists every summer. And you have a giant pink school bus. You wear (laughs) a giant straw hat. You have, like, you know, your own koozies. Just explain this whole operation that is this bicycling
4: phenomenon known as Mr. Pork Chop. Well... (laughs) First of all, who the heck would have figured that Ragbry would ever start and then add, add my dad into the mix and have that marriage go on. But, <laughs> you know, it, my dad had so many trials and turbulations on that ride. I can't tell you how many times stuff happened to him. And, and that was his learning curve. You know, that was his teachable moments when he would do stuff like set up at the bottom of a hill And the bikers went right by that day. Hey, write that down. We're not going to set up at the bottom of a hill anymore. (laughs) Business 101, (laughs) the hard way, right? (laughs) And they'd set up way away from the road, and nobody would come. And write that down. And he would get, you know, back then he was just a guy, he was another vendor, just selling stuff. And people would kick him out of towns, and, and he always had a hard time getting into a town, and then... You know, politics would get involved, and somebody wouldn't want him there, and he'd end up that morning having to leave and go find another spot. But, he I mean, he just kept persevering through it. I thought, boy, what's wrong with you? He's just a ornery old German. He wasn't going to give up. But he, uh, you know, he just learned a lot by what he did wrong. And I watched the whole thing. I mean, I went with him on RAGBRAI, and I saw all the bad stuff happening. I learned a lot of stuff from him you know, from that. And by the time I took over, there was a few things that he didn't change that I wanted to change. But um, when I took over, I modified a few things. And pretty much, you know, it's like dad told me, they're coming here to buy a pork chop. So, you know, they tried selling t-shirts and stuff to make a little money. But when it came down to it, you know, they would buy too many of whatever they were selling. And they would always, you know, take a hit on that. But he He pretty much just always said, they're coming here to buy a pork chop. Make sure we cook them right and make sure we have them ready. And that was the biggest thing.
3: Wow. So what's it been like? I mean, so not all the listeners might realize, but, you know, you and your dad, you guys are real celebrities in Iowa. All (laughs) by selling pork chops out of a school bus along the side of rural roads. Um, You know, so much so that even people like Lance Armstrong or other celebrities have been on the bike ride uh, people stumbling
4: over themselves to shake, you know, your dad's hand, not
3: yeah <laughs> Not Lance's. not mine yet. <laughs> yeah.
4: And the girls are all kissing. They were always kissing him, and none of them came over to kiss me. So I don't, right. I don't know if when I get real old if that's that's what's going to happen. It'll be too late then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but what's
3: it been like? You must have had some strange encounters from people all over the world that are coming up to, you know, you, you meet these people from around the world in the middle of rural Iowa. What's that been like for you?
4: Well, first of all, it, you know, You got people from your hometown pulling up to you saying hi, and you're you're looking at them like, who are you? And it's you know could be your neighbor, but they you know they have the equipment on, and you can't you can't (laughs) differentiate them from the other riders. But um, it's it's just it's a weird crazy thing. You couldn't again you couldn't draw it up. You know we can be anywhere. We were at a Cubs game. Dad loved the cubs and i had two brothers that lived out there and we'd go out to do a grill out every year and go to a cubs game and this guy's sitting us down and he's one of the attendants and he's like dad's got his pork chop hat on and he looks at him he goes you're not the real mr pork chop are you And dad says, the hell I ain't. And so he lets out the big pork chop call And that guy. He couldn't wait on us enough that day. Here you go. What do you need? Can I do anything for you? So, and that happens a lot. And, but on the other, so I don't dress, I mean, I'm not as distinctive as my dad was and I don't do the pork chop call really. But, you know, I walked in uh, through the bike crowd today and, you know, nobody recognized me if I don't have my hat and my you know my stuff on so which and it doesn't bother me I mean well give it a few years you know you'll have it takes some decades for the icon status to kind of you know assert itself so well there there are times where it's nice just to go do go about your business (laughs) and not not have a bunch of people stop you but it it's just weird I mean you're just an average guy that you know we started cooking pork chops for rag Brian and it, there's lots of other vendors out there that are pretty popular too, and and it's just a weird thing—they don't recognize you really unless unless you're on Ragbri, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, uh, are
3: bicyclists a special breed of people? I mean, is that something you've seen, or how, or, or are they different in some way, or, or is there a certain personality type, or what would you, how would you describe the average bicyclist? Because you've seen and served a lot of them.
4: Well, you're, there's definitely something there. I mean. You know, of course, in every group of people, you're going to have some diversity and some good and some bad. But, you know, my dad always said, you know, I'd never met a bad biker. You know, he just always liked them. He liked Ragbri, but he really liked the people. And he just, he lived for that. And he loved doing the pork chop call. I get embarrassed when I have to do it. but <laughs> <laughs> And I want to say something, uh, he, when he was uh, on his deathbed dying of pneumonia one of the nurses had taken care of him at the rest home and she actually had him do it one more (laughs) he's laying on he's laying in a hospital bed and he did it one more time for her so you know he he always enjoyed doing that and and that was that was just him he enjoyed the bikers he enjoyed talking to them, getting to know them, running into them everywhere and then you know getting to meet them every year on rag rice. it's like a family reunion so you know you you forget about some of them and all of a sudden here they are. Hey, how you doing? How you been? So, truly is like a family family reunion every year. Yeah. That must have been some moment that, you know, the the very last pork chop call. Uh yeah, I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean and he just did it whenever anybody asked him to do it, he always did it. and I was taking him out of, after a heart surgery, we were leaving the hospital. And this lady knew him, and she wanted him to do the pork chop call. Here he is on the floor where all the heart surgeries and stuff go on, and he's doing the pork chop call really loud. I'm like, Dad, you can't do that in here. Somebody's going to have a heart attack. Oh.
3: So um, now how is the rest of your life? I mean, how does this contrast with the rest of your life? Because you don't spend all your time selling pork to bicyclists. Um,
4: You know, what's the rest of your year like? Well, the funny thing is it's always in your mind. I mean, it's never gone because you always want to do the best you can do. You always want to be ready. You're always wondering, you know, what do I have to do to make sure that everything's going to go smooth this year? So once the route comes out, you know, you're already like, okay, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And so everything that I do in the other part of my life, you know, it's there it just has to mesh into each other, you know. So, you know, on the weekends and time that I can get I go I go try and make sure that, you know, I can get my spots and and make sure I have enough corn cobs and make sure my meat's lined up, you know, all that stuff. It's just
3: it's in your mind every day. And if you the the giant pink school bus that you use to haul your
4: operation in, is that the same bus you've had all these years? No. Um my, my dad put the first bus together, it, it, had, uh, it was a white, and it said pork shop special on it, <laughs> and uh, he modified him, himself. He's an old farm boy, so it was pretty cobbled together, still is, <laughs> but you know, it works. He was looking for some help one year, and I told him I knew this, this guy and that, that might help, and I said, but he's a city kid, so don't let him drive the bus. Well, he let him drive the bus. And he ended up going around a curve and didn't know how to handle it, and ended up rolling the bus. So that was the first one. Nobody got seriously hurt, and he had to, another adversity. He had to somehow, some way, get through Ragbury with no bus. And he bought another bus, modified it, and then we decided, you know what? Why don't we make it look like a pig? So we painted it pink with brushes. It's not a professional job by any means. It has to be done every once in a while, but. Uh, we, we've had that one ever since. She's, <laughs> she's an oldie, but a goodie. <laughs> and how is this? So you're going to be out there.
3: I mean, you've been, you know, you took over the family trade several years ago. I forget how many years now. What's it going to feel like this year for you? Are you going to do anything, you know, differently or is it going to feel
4: different or what, are you going to mark your dad in some way? Yeah. Um, I, I guess I haven't thought about it a ton because it just happened, but you know, everybody knows me. For the last few years, they've come up to me and asked me, is your dad still alive? And I mm-hmm. always had to do the, you know, John Wayne thing when they said, you know, they'd always ask him, I thought you were dead. Not hardly. <laughs> <laughs> but so I'd always, I'd always have, no, he's doing well. He's in the rest home and doing good. But um, there's going to be some stuff uh, to honor him this year, and it'll just be different. There will be a lot of people coming up and, you know, And giving me their condolences, and uh, hopefully I don't get all emotional, but you never know. Oh, that's okay. Well, I
3: appreciate you sitting down with Just Go Bike, Matt. And I know you're a man of pork, but one of the rituals in every interview that we do is we always ask people, what's your favorite kind of pie?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well... When I was a kid, I used to look at the pecan pie, and I just thought it looked gross. And I, wouldn't, I had never touched it, and I finally tasted it one time, and I thought, boy, that's pretty good. And then, and my mom made uh, awesome pecan pie, so I'd have to go. After I grew up, it was pecan pie. Before that, it was chocolate pie. Okay, good answer, good answer. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Matt. You're welcome. Thank you.
0: And now it's the part of the show that I like to call Parrot Talk with me, Andrea Parrot you can ask me your questions on cycling culture, style, touring, or whatever else you're wondering about. Today, I'm just going to tell you how you can get a hold of us. There are three easy ways. Basically, you can just email me at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at justgobike on Twitter, or you can message us on our Facebook page, which is also justgobike. Just don't forget to hashtag your posts on social media, Parrot Talk. That's two Ts, one for Parrot, One for talk.
1: We've reached the end of the Just Go Bike podcast. You can find our show notes at justgobike.net. What do you want to talk about? Uh, Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Bike. Be sure to subscribe to the Just Go Bike podcast
2: and join us next week for more. And you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So they're all up and in there. And so be sure to subscribe if you if you if you like what you hear, be sure to give us a little rating uh, and tell friends about it. Um, So that's all for now. Thanks for listening. You know, watch out for those headwinds and stay classy, Iowa.
1: For more information and to subscribe to our podcast, go to justgobike.net. The Just go Bike podcast is brought to you by the Des Moines Register, part of the USA Today Network, and is
0: produced by Brian Powers.